0: Welcome to Meet the Actor at the Apple Store Soho in New York. Please welcome this evening's moderator. He's the rock critic for Rolling Stone and New York Times, and he's the former editor-in-chief of Vibe and Spin, Mr. Alan Light. Thank you. Nice to be back at the Apple Store. Thank you all for joining us. Um, We are here to talk about the new film, I Saw the Light. So let's take a look. Let's give a rousing welcome to Mr. Hank Williams. All right, boys, let it roll. good looking.
1: When he first came to see me, he played some songs he'd written and offered him a contract right then and there. in
2: something up with me? He me. Most of the time, I do. Sit Hey, sweet baby. Congratulations. You have a son, Mr. Williams. <gasps> He's going to have a real dad, not like it was for me. It's a brand new recipe.
1: drinking like a fish tonight. are you writing,
2: hey A little poem of the Lord.
1: Why don't you write me
2: a poem? I might have him get to know you a little better.
0: There's a lot of speculation about the hard lives that folk singers live. What
2: do you mean, hard?
1: You go out on the road, and you sleep with a different woman every night.
2: I need you with me.
1: You think you can treat me right then?
2: I can try. The business is tough on marriage. Marriage is tough on marriage.
1: You're barely even here. You're barely even a father now. Hey?
2: Boy, I'm a professional at making a mess of things.
0: Please, Lord, I saw
2: life. Everybody has a little darkness in them. And I'm talking about things like anger, sorrow, shame. No I show it to them, yes. and they no hear it, and they don't have to take it home. So Country music, it's sincere. Man sings a sad song, he knows it's sad.
0: Everybody, please welcome to the Apple Store, Tom Hiddleston and Ren Schmidt. Hello. Thank you, sir. Hi. (laughs) Yes. Um, Tell me what you, what was your familiarity, what was your awareness of Hank Williams before coming on board for this project?
2: I knew four or five of his hit records, and I didn't know much about the man or or the, the uh, impact he had on so many musicians who came after him. And I, I just read the script, and I saw a fascinating portrait of a man who clearly had extraordinary gifts and powerful charisma. But behind that was a vulnerability and a fragility, which I think gave the music its power.
0: And Ren, though we perhaps know you from best from the Atlantic City... Uh... Boardwalk Empire uh, location. You did grow up south of the Mason-Dixon line. so
1: I, I did, but my parents aren't from there. Okay. My, my, pa- my dad is from Kansas, and my mom is from New York State, so I wasn't that familiar with Hank Williams until I became a part of this project, other than, I think, kind of his big hits that everybody knows, like, Hey, Good Lookin' and Cold, Cold Heart, um, and I'm So Lonesome I Could Cry. And so it's actually been kind of a real gift to be able to explore that as an adult, because I think... I now interact and listen to music, you know, much differently than I did when I was younger, and it means a lot more to me, you know, because I've had relationships where I feel like I can actually identify with some of what he's singing about. Yeah.
0: There are other great artists. There were other great country artists. Why is it that this guy holds this power that, that nobody else does?
2: It's 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 a question that continues to be answered. I think. Um, and I think it's that, again, it's the tension between his macho charisma. His, his, he was clearly an electrifying on stage. He was rebellious, he was mischievous, he was witty and funny and energetic. A real star, but, but that actually it, it, he was in real pain in private and, and that tension I think is what has fascinated people.
0: And uh, what certainly was, must have been the most daunting part of all of this was not just agreeing to play this part and take on an acting role, but to take on a singing role, and to actually perform these songs as the voice of Hank Williams.
2: What I did was I, I, went, in, I went to Nashville five weeks ahead of time, and before we were shooting, and I stayed at the house of Rodney Crowell, who is a, a respected Nashville musician in his own right. And uh, he has a studio in, at the back of his house, and I, I just locked myself in. We, we sang every day, we played every day. We, we laid down demo tracks. Um, we listened to them. We criticized them. Um, we wrung our hands and shook our heads about them. Um, we listened. We played the blues. We played Howlin' Wolf. We played Jimmy Reed. Um, we poured ourselves a whiskey and watched Freddie Mercury videos on YouTube. It was a long, it was a long uh, journey of, uh, with, with much bloodshed and, and sweat and sleepless nights. But it was joyful as well.
0: So we have a clip, um, and we can uh, take a look at a little bit of the little bit of the singing piece of the film that we'll run right now.
2: I'm under no obligation to you. Well,
1: that goes
2: both ways, huh? You're drinking like
1: a fish.
2: You You think so?
0: Hiddleston sings Hank Williams, honky tonkin. Um, so as we got a little bit of a taste in that scene too. Another part of this film is the uh, another part of the Hank story or the relationships to the to the women in his life. Wren um, to us a little bit about your uh, your role in the film, uh, what who Bobby Jett was, and how she figured into into all of this and and into the into the Hank story.
1: Sure. So um, I feel like Bobby Jett is kind of the the woman that is fairly unknown, um, who Hank had a relationship with in between his first and second marriage. And I think I'm correct in saying he was still married to Audrey when they met. Yes, technically, technically um, yes. Technically yes. still married. Um, they met at a party at the house he was living in with Ray Price. Um, and then they kind of had, a, I think, a very heated but short-lived relationship that resulted in a child ultimately but was also cut short by the fact that hank williams saw the beautiful billy jean at a concert and i think the rest is history there um she is a person kind of puts herself out there when she's pregnant and says like hey let's make a go of this and i think a little bit as a person that's really kind of you're taking a huge risk um and because it's True to history, I don't think I'm spoiling anything here, but he ultimately kind of shuts that down, and it's it's heartbreaking.
0: And you know, if there's a parallel narrative to the to the narrative of the songs in the film, it's certainly these relationships with these women, um, from the mother through the wives through the relationship with Bobby. Um, what did you, uh, you know, what did you find in thinking about Hank Williams and? His, his human interactions, and, and, and especially his, the, the these, these deeper relationships.
2: Mark Abraham's great suggestion throughout the screenplay is that the power of the songs comes from the, the volatility uh, of his relationships with women, um, uh, with, with Audrey and, and with Bobby and Billie Jean. And with his mother. And with his mother, of course, yeah. But that's really what the film is about for me, is it's about trying to draw together the music with these turbulent relationships with women. And And I think there's a contradiction in him that he clearly loved women so much, but was unintentionally cruel to them, to each of them, because he was afflicted by addiction and... His own rebelliousness and his self-destructive nature prevented him from any lasting intimacy with him, which is tragic in my mind.
0: So we have one more clip uh, to uh, illustrate some of what we're talking about, a clip with Ren and with Tom in it uh, to show some of what these relationships are like. So let's look at that one.
2: How you doing up there, cowboy? Can
1: I get this Just can't believe this place is yours
2: for about another hour. I was gonna build a house over by that pecan grove, but uh, that ain't happening now.
1: Well, you'll get another one somewhere else.
2: <laughs> somewhere else. I've been there before, and it ain't much better. Now, sometimes I wish I was back at WSFA making $12 a week.
0: So, How did you even think about, how do you get inside this guy? I mean, all we know really is the public face of Hank Williams.
2: There are a few audio recordings, and I would listen diligently to them to try and find the gaps in in the the breaks in the character. And there's a couple of, of surviving concerts. Uh, on an album called The Lost Concerts where really people have recorded the music for posterity but the clues for me are in these uh, pieces to the audience between the songs where he's almost like a stand-up comedian, he's hilarious and um, he doesn't sound like his radio show performer at all, he's, he's sort of doing bits, he's mocking his bandmates and he's um, sending himself up and, and he's very very funny um, and I, I found his wit and his sense of mischief. I was like, there's a, there's a key in there somewhere.
0: For for both of you, I ask, having lived with this guy and this idea for all of this time, um, you know, what do you, what do you feel like is the thing that you took away, what is, the, what is the Hank Williams that you took away from this project? I feel like that's
1: so hard to say because the thing, I mean, the thing that I feel like I could take away is that he's a deeply flawed, beautifully complex human being underneath all of the surface things that people normally interact with him with, which is his music and him as a performer.
2: I think, I think that having made this film and, and, and thought so much about Hank, lived, tried to live inside his shoes and tried to get inside his heart, Um, The thing I learned about, Hank has taught me so much about um, the fragility of artists, I think. Um, And the reason music like this has an enduring appeal is because it speaks to a universal human fragility, that we're all vulnerable, that we all are bound together by an experience of the same suffering. That's why we that's why we all understand the songs. Why do we sing I'm So Lonesome I Could Cry? Because you've all been there. And um that's what it taught me about,
0: Hank. All right. Somebody's somebody's got a microphone, so we'll get questions from you guys.
1: What does it feel like to be so many different characters from all movies?
2: It's kind of like traveling to lots of different countries. And uh When you travel to another country, you realize that there are certain things that are different, but there are certain things that are the same. And that's the fascinating part for me. When you go to play someone else, you get to live their life. And it actually just makes me... I find it very exciting because it's... um, it's, uh, It opens your mind and it opens your heart and you learn more about people. And you come back home with uh, lots of stories to tell. And um, I love doing it. That's what it feels like. Hello. Um, This is a question for Tom as well. Um, I was just wondering if you think that your experiences as a stage actor influenced um, how you might have thought of the challenges Hank Williams might have faced as a live performer as well. There's a very unique feeling of standing in the wings before you go out on stage, and you can, you can hear the audience taking their coats off and shuffling in and getting ready, and you can you sense the lights going down, and and there's an there's an electric adrenaline that happens in that moment. Um, but that then the singing thing is a whole other aspect of it. It's much more singing is the most naked. Uh, Expression of, of emotion, you know. Actors can hide behind characters, but when you're singing, it comes right from your heart. Um, so that was new f- new territory for me.
0: Um, this is for Tom. Um, did you have to learn any new instruments for the role, or if you like already knew how to play the guitar, like did you learn how to play it like differently? Or
2: the interesting thing about Hank's music is that the guitar, the rhythm guitar, isn't that complex. They used to say blues music is three chords and the truth. Um, so, but with the exception of "Love Sick Blues," which he didn't write, which is much more complex um, and 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 by far the most demanding. Um, but yes, I did. I practiced and practiced and practiced, and my fingers bled and I got calluses. And um, but it was, you know, I now have that forever. I I have, I still have a guitar that was given to me by Rodney Crowell in Nashville. So, J forty five Gibson. It's beautiful, and I play it all the time. So I feel like I've that you know, I've come away with something that I'll have for the rest of my life. It's, it's really cool.
1: My question is for both you guys. Is there a specific artist or genre that you really feel had an impact on your life? Like, you feel like if the music wasn't in the world, like, it just wouldn't be complete?
2: Can I, can I have two? Um, the Rolling Stones and Simon and Garfunkel.
0: Um, do you just to follow that and then run? Do you find that you li- do you listen to music differently, since uh, since the Hank? Yes, work? I do. Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, I, li- I listen to the a combination of its precision and its freedom. That there's some you know certain artists who have such control, such mastery of their instrument, and and the freedom with which they can play it. Um, I find that so inspiring. Um, I'm still in awe of musicians, essentially. Um, um, and having tried to live inside it, I, have, I think I have a greater respect for it.
1: To answer your question, I, I want to as well. Um, the, f- the first band for me would be Radiohead. I think they kind of came into their peak right when I was in my teens, and it was the first band that I think I ever was like, I had to get the album the day that it came out. I had to look at all of the liner notes and everything that was in the CD. And two, it's so funny, because as soon as you asked that question, my heart started beating so fast because I was afraid. I'm so afraid I'm going to start crying talking about this. But Brandy Carlisle, her music for me, go out and find out about her. She's incredible. And if she plays a concert, go see it. She's one of the best live performers I've ever seen.
0: I know I've read some things that have said you've been... Um, people have thought of you to play the next James Bond. Are you, would that be a role you'd be interested in? <laughs>
2: I grew up. I grew up with those films, um, and and the idea the idea is sort of in, is, is, is almost beyond comprehension because it's they're so part of the fabric of my childhood. Um, but thank you for for pitching. Thank you for pitching it.
0: At least it's a Brit playing a British role, so we don't have to worry about the immigration issues of, you know. So, all right. Um, I Saw the Light opens tonight, New York, Los Angeles, and Nashville. Next week, everywhere else. Thank you, Ren Schmidt. Thank you, Tom Hiddleston. Thank you all for being here.
2: Thank you, everybody.
0: Thank you.